In the name of Jesus, why don't you come, Sister Tin? Well, good morning, everybody. And you, nice crowd this morning. And this is Bible study time. And there's nothing like Bible study. And I see I have a little clock here. I wonder why I have a clock. <laughs> I am going to lay it here so I have... Y'all just whistle or wave your hand or something when I reach the right time. And you may be seated. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here. This is an exciting place to be. And uh, we stopped in Baton Rouge and visited with some friends yesterday and told them about this church and what a nice facility and beautiful area and how it's grown. And what, you're three years old? Three and a half. Wonderful. Isn't that awesome? You see, I grew up with my dad starting churches. And uh, I can tell you from experience that this church is way further along than most churches are at three years. Way, way further along. So I rejoice with you to be here with your pastor and his lovely wife. There are no more gracious people in the world and no more hardworking people. And I like people that work hard. I was raised to work hard. And uh, I, I like that. And to be with Donna Marcelli, whom I love dearly. She is, uh, I'll be her grandmother any day. <laughs> you know, they used to call me first lady in the district. Now they call me first grandmother. And that's fine. It's fine with me. You have to. You've got to get a lot of years under your belt before you can wear that title. Amen. Well, I had planned, lived, really had planned to teach something totally different. And uh, every time I started studying on that particular subject, I went back to this one. I taught this last year at camp meeting, and I don't know if you heard it. Uh, it's not going to hurt you to hear it again. And I just, I really felt to do it. And I think one reason I did is because it is a building block for any, any congregation or anyone's life. All of us admire people who are gifted. And the Bible tells us to desire spiritual gifts. We are to desire. That's not a wrong desire. That's a good desire. Well, there is one gift that all of us can acquire. There is one gift that all of us can work on to make it even better. And it is the gift of encouragement. You know how you can tell if anyone needs encouragement? There's a sure way to tell if anyone needs encouragement. You want to know what it is? If they're breathing. (laughs) If they are breathing, they need encouragement. And uh, all of us, uh, just yesterday... uh, I was, um, I stopped at a a store and I, you know, at my age, sometimes you feel pretty dowdy and I didn't feel like I looked too good yesterday. And I was walking through the store and there was a young black girl there and she stopped and she commented on what I had on. And it suddenly dawned on me what a pickup that was. I mean, you know, at 70, almost 74 years old little bit overweight and all this stuff, you know. And But that little comment 
made me feel better. And maybe that's what prompted me to, to decide to teach on this subject today. But I think it's a, I think it's a worthwhile thing. Life is tough. If you haven't figured that out, you're living in a different planet. Because life is tough. And they say the tough get going. You know, when, tough, when times are tough, the tough get going. Well, that may be true, but sometimes you need a jump start. Our van had the battery down this morning, thanks to our wonderful young man who helps us. But he was very quick. He knew what to do. And the Lord was very good. There was a very nice policeman very near, and he jump-started the van. And so by the time we got in it, it was cool and running good. Well, you know what? Yesterday, I needed a jump-start. And there was a wonderful little young black girl working in this store that gave me a jump-start. So the gift of encouragement is like that because I'm going to tell you, life is, life is tough. We're bruised by events. We're harried by the deadlines and the pressures of life. We're hurt by broken relationships. And we're defeated by some sin or event. And everybody is struggling in one way or another. And if you're not struggling today, wait till tomorrow. Because all of us, life is like that. And I'm not being sarcastic or negative. It's just, it's just like that. And... Uh, so encouragers are needed, very definitely needed. Somebody to believe in us and somebody to say they believe in us. Not just believe in us, but to say they believe in us. Somebody to help us pick up the pieces and see hope again and put courage back in us and give us a push toward our destiny. God has designed a successful destiny for everyone. God did not plan any disastrous ends. Now, there is an eternal value to that because life can seem sometimes to defeat you, but God's destiny is a different thing. It has an eternal appraisal to it. And God has designed every one of us to an eternal good destiny. And to just believe that is amazing. There's a character in the Bible. Well, let me go back first to the first scripture, Proverbs 12:18, and I, I think you're going to put that up there for me. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. What a what a very direct statement that is. And there's one rendition of that scripture that says, "Reckless words pierce." Like a sword. And who hasn't had your heart sliced and diced by some comment or slander or criticism? But the tongue can be a health giver. It can either pierce like a sword or it can be, ma'am, you look nice today in your black and red, is what the little girl said to me yesterday. It's just as simple as what you say. But now it has a there's there's a greater understanding and meaning to all this than just being nice with what you say. There's a character in the Bible, Acts chapter four verse thirty six. Uh, his name is Barnabas, 
and he was called the son of consolation. And the meaning of that word is he was a son of encouragement. And Barnabas played a tremendous role in what happened in the New Testament church. Without Barnabas, we possibly would have missed Paul's ministry. And when you think of that, you understand the tremendous value that is placed on someone who can become an encourager. The church did not receive Paul well. He was criticized. He was feared. He was talked about. But Barnabas was the son who encouraged him. And Barnabas made all the difference in the world in the future of Paul. That one gift of encouragement held in it the 13 epistles. Because he could have been, Paul could have been hurt forever. He could have been pushed to the side. But Barnabas, and Acts eleven twenty three, and we don't have to put this up because it's several more scriptures there, but it tells about, evidently, Paul, uh, Barnabas, his giftings were recognized by the church in Jerusalem. And when they were the thing, that the new church at Antioch, was just a few years old, and it was kind of, you know, and they needed somebody to kind of go in, and, and so they sent Barnabas. You don't send a pessimist to encourage somebody. You send somebody who has the gift. They have developed the gift of encouraging. And so they send Barnabas down there, and he spots Paul. And he goes after him. You know, I am so thankful that there are people who are sensitive to others that need something. And I'm telling you, we don't know the full story if Barnabas had not come into Paul's life. So he finds Paul, seeks him out, and he takes him on as a special project. And he develops the Apostle Paul. That is an awesome thing. Now, if you're wanting to be a gifted person, and if you have desired gifts, oh, we think of prophecy and miracles and tongues and interpretation. Those things are wonderful, but you won't use them near as much as you will use the gift of encouragement. The use of the gift of encouragement can become a daily thing with you. And the more you use it, the better you are. And the better others are around you. So the power of a word, a power of a word spoken, the ministry of encouragement is something that will bless everywhere you go. You can become a spark of light, love, hope, encouragement. Because the ministry of encouragement is awesome. Now let me give you a few scriptures to think about. First uh, Peter 3 and 10 1 Peter 3 and 10, is that it? Yeah. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Train your tongue. Now, 
I'm going to confess, and I hope my husband isn't listening. I have a quick mind, and with it, a quick mouth. And I just see things black and white. It's either this or it's that, you know. And I have a tendency sometimes to speak too quickly. And I don't mean it to sound, you know. But my husband one time told me not to spit on the grass. It would kill it. (laughs) Too much acid, he said, in my tongue. I mean... Y'all laughing, but I know I'm not the only one in this room that's got this problem. So the tongue needs to be trained. The Bible speaks of putting a bridle on the tongue. And then there's another scripture for us to consider, Proverbs 18 and 21. Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. There's a lot of scriptures about this. And then let's look at Proverbs 15 and 4. Proverbs 15 and 4. Proverbs 15 and 4. There it is. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit, or it means it will break a spirit. Words can break a spirit. Word, you know that old thing we used to say as a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. I would rather be hurt with sticks and stones any day than to be wounded with words. And that is not what we want to do. So reckless words pierce like a sword. And we're living in a world full of discouragers. And the opportunity to build up one another is around you every day, multiple, multiple times. And we need to fulfill the second half of Proverbs 12 and 18 that says the tongue of the wise brings healing, health. You can do that. Now, if you've desired spiritual gifts or if you have wanted to be used by God, this is your day. Because I am teaching you how to do it. Now, I like practical teaching. Melinda said that. I I like to be practical. I want to know how to do it. I want to know why it should be done. I want to know the result. And I'm telling you that right now. And there's not one person in here, from the youngest to the oldest, that cannot be gifted with the gift of encouragement. Now, the Greek word for encourager... The Greek word for encourager is the same word that is used to describe the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the parakalo. I may not pronounce it exactly right. We often refer to it as the paraclete. That means it's one that comes alongside to accompany and help. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. It does not make you do anything, but it is there to help you in making right decisions, and, and an encourager is the same way. Now, that is a powerful position to have. The word together, if you break it down, it's to get there. So when we work together, we are much more 
able to get there to where we need to go. So it's a simple thing. This is really a very simple lesson, but it's so simple we overlook it. And we try to reach for miracles and we try to reach for all of these other things when you could be practicing the gift of encouragement on a daily basis and make drastic changes in people's lives. So encouragement is listed as a gift in the Bible. Now, if you're doubting me, Romans 12 and 8. Romans 12 and 8. Romans 12 and 8. There it is. Are he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. These are part of the gifts of the Spirit. And the word exhorteth is the same root word as the encourager. So he that encourages, let him keep encouraging. It is listed as a gift of the Spirit. So there are more gifts of the Spirit than tongues and interpretation and miracles and prophesying. And this is the gift that everybody can participate in. So it is a very important gift. Uh, Every Christian is called to encouragement. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Now this is a Bible study. You know, y'all should have had a pencil and paper writing all this stuff down. It's good to read. Some of you have. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together to get there and edify one another. That means build up one another, as also you do. You are commanded to build up one another. Not tear down one another, not criticize one another, build up one another. And then look at Hebrews 3.13. And I love this one. But exhort one another when? Daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. People who do not receive encouragement often grow hard and calloused. And you could change that. Have you ever seen anybody just mellow out when somebody hit them? Have you ever seen anybody that was just real standoffish and then you just made them feel like you really had an interest in them and they just, they defrost? Right in front of your eyes. It's the warmth of words of encouragement. And we are to do this on a daily basis. Every day. Every day we are to do this. You know, even a child, even a child can, can exercise this gift. Uh, I remember uh, Shannon, who is my daughter's girl, and when she was little, she spent an awful lot of time with me. They lived there and Terry worked at the campground a lot. And I remember a particular day, and Shannon was just, oh, three or four years old. And it was one of those days, you know, you're going to think I'm kind of pitiful, but it was one of those days kind of like yesterday when I didn't feel like I looked too good, didn't feel too spiffy, you know, whatever. Nobody here ever has those days, huh? No, okay. No, okay. And my little granddaughter, three or four years old, walked in, and she just looked at me, and she said, Oh, Mimi, you look so pretty didn't change a thing about me in appearance, but it changed my spirit. Even a child. Even a child. And if you have a child, you need to be teaching them this. They will be loved, appreciated, and they will learn to value other people. 
So even a child can exercise this. And yet it's so simple, but many are dying on the vine from a lack of encouragement. You would be surprised probably how many people you pass every day who seldom hear a word of encouragement. And as a Christian, we should be so full of joy and love. I almost, I almost taught on joy and rejoicing today. Maybe I'll do that next time. But, you know, there are just people everywhere. And, and the gift of encouragement is more than just a pleasantry of, how are you? I'm fine. It has more meaning than that. It, 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 has, it has a greater meaning than that, and it means more to the people. So now the next part of this class is going to teach you how to be an encourager. There are some simple ways to learn to exercise the gift of encouragement. Be observant. Just be observant. Consider, let's look at this scripture, Hebrews 10, 24. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. How do you provoke people? You provoke people with words. Let's consider how we're going to encourage one another. Give thought to it. Be observant of people around you. And, you know, I don't know if there's anybody sitting here thinking, oh, I thought we were going to have some big Bible study. This is one. Thank you. Because we so often, we so often want to reach for the big stuff and ignore the things that we can do on a daily basis and the things that will make a difference in people's life. So Hebrews 10.24, there's one translation of that scripture that says, Consider how we may spur one another on. Isn't that neat? In other words, be thoughtful and observant of how you can encourage or spur somebody on. This world is full of people who don't believe in themselves. And the reason they don't is because somebody robbed them of that. Have you ever seen a little kid? They believe they can do anything. A child knows no limit to belief. I remember when Tommy was young, we were in New York and went to, uh, I think it was the United Nations building. And if some of you have been there, maybe you can help me to remember. But there's a... There's a, it's a big atrium like, and there was a big uh, cable hanging down, and this massive ball of metal of some sort there, and it moves with the rotation of the earth. It just, it's really quite neat. Well, he came home, decided he's going to build one, and he got him a rope and a ball, and went to work on it. Now you know, of course. As parents, we thought it was cute and kind of funny, and he never did get it to work right with the rotation of the earth. But he believed it. A child is very self-confident. One of the first things they learn to do when they get a certain age, I do myself. I do myself. I do myself. They They believe they can do anything. We rob them of that. And people live their life not believing who they are or what God made them for or that they have any value in life. And this gift of encouragement is to restore 
what God intended for them to be. So be observant. Notice people. Notice people. So many people go totally unnoticed. The young mother, single mother, struggling with two kids, doesn't have money to have her hair done, doesn't have money to buy nice clothes, doesn't know where she's going to get the next meal, harried, worried about the kids, trying to hold down a job, take care of kids. There are many of them in Mandeville who never hear a single word of encouragement. And while you're speaking with tongues, and that is essential and that is wonderful, what are you doing for other people whom Jesus loved as much as he loved you? The janitor. You know, there are some people who are invisible. We pass them all the time. Uh, I, I don't know if in this part of the country, but the other day I, I it was in Alexandria, and we have, of course, we have that big nursery there, Forest Hill, and there's a lot of Latinos that come in there and work. And I, I passed a couple of them working out, doing some landscaping, and, and I thought, I wonder, I mean, they're away from home. I wonder if anybody's ever kind to them. Are, are they just, oh, my. <laughs> just ignore it. It'll stop. I forgot to turn it off. I'll just laugh a minute longer and it'll be gone. (laughs) But anyway, you know, there's a lot of people that are almost invisible to us. We pass them all the time. The orderly at the hospital that's scrubbing. Uh, The the janitor, the the landscape worker, uh, the, the mother that's struggling. You pass people all the time who never hear a word of encouragement. Don't go telling them how wonderful God is and how much God loves them because they can't believe it until they know you care. And when they know you care, then they can believe that God cares. And this can come about by the simple thing of encouragement. Just being observant. Be specific. General praise is generally lifeless. You look nice. The little black girl yesterday commented on the fact that I had on red and black. Now, I'm sure that it was just a passing comment, but she was a cheerful person. She made a difference in the way I felt. Now, you may say, well, that has nothing to do with spirituality. Oh, but it does. Because until people feel comfortable with you and that you accept them, they can't believe they could be accepted into the body of Christ. So we do that by the simple act of encouraging. Uh, I often tell this little story, well I say often, I've never taught this lesson but two or three times, but I had an incident happen, Uh, we go to Branson and uh, I love to fish and I love the hills and the lakes and all that kind of stuff and and I buy groceries at a certain grocery store and I was in there, this happened uh, last fall I believe it was, I was in there buying groceries and you know how you when you're buying groceries, you just kind of, you're on autopilot. You know, you just get this and that. And then you get up there to check it all out, and the girl was checking it out. And I looked up, and at the end of the little counter, there was a young woman bagging the groceries. And I looked into her eyes, and I have never seen blue eyes as beautiful as those. 
And I love, I always look at people's eyes because eyes are the window of the soul. And, and I just, I'm, I'm drawn to people's eyes. And I was stunned. Her eyes were so gorgeous. But then when I looked at her, she was totally lifeless. She looked so downtrodden. She looked so shy. She looked so reticent of just anything. I mean, it looked like her personality had been drained out of her or something. But before I, I was just so stunned with her eyes, I looked at her and I said, you have the most beautiful eyes I think I have ever seen. And she was startled. She, she kind of, almost like an animal, you would scare, you know. And then it kind of melted, didn't a little slight smile. And the Lord spoke to me about the gift of encouragement. Looking at her, reading her body language, she had never felt in her life that she had any value. That's what her body language said. I'm a nobody from nowhere going nowhere. And it's as simple as being specific. I could have smiled, but that didn't mean the same thing. I promise you she will never forget that somebody noticed her eyes. So you first you're observant of people. Then you be specific with your word of encouragement. You do that so well. I admire the way you do that. I noticed how kind you were to that person. All of it, it's simple. It is so simple, but we overlook it because it is so simple. And then, not only are you to be observant and be specific, but you need to be consistent. Consistent. Did you know even President Bush writes notes every day? Cards and words of commendation and encouragement. And he makes calls every day of encouragement. There is a ministry of writing notes. There is a ministry of a quick call. There is a ministry of a word spoken in love that can be a, make a major difference in somebody's life. And if the president can consistently do that every day. I don't think there's anyone here who has more responsibility. So we can certainly begin to practice it ourselves. So you're observant, you're specific, and then you be consistent, and then you be sensitive. Timing is crucial. And to notice when. Proverbs 15 and 23 and I don't know whether I gave him that one or not. Can you? Proverbs fifteen twenty three. can you put that one up? A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. Just a timely word, being sensitive. The, script, the one translation of that scripture says, How good is a timely word. Solomon, the wise man, said that words that are spoken well are like apples of gold sitting in silver. They're valuable. They're beautiful. They get attention. So you be observant. You be specific. You be consistent. You be sensitive. And then you be selfless. 
unselfishness in our world is rare and precious. We look out for number one before we think of anybody else. And it is a total refreshment to find someone who will focus on others before they do themselves. If you are shy or if you have trouble reaching out, talking to other people, if you will focus on the other person, it will change you. Because you're, most of our shyness, a lot of our problems is because we're too focused on ourselves. And if you focus on somebody else, it will make a difference. And then the last point on how to become an encourager is to be persistent. Encouragement is cultivated by practicing. Become good at it. Look for ways to encourage people and do it. Don't just think about it. A lot of times we think something, but we don't speak it. And until you speak it, it don't help me much. I don't know what your thoughts were. You need to speak it. So let's review this now. How to be an encourager. Be observant. Be specific. Be consistent. Be sensitive. Be selfless. And be persistent. And this is a lot of what we're about. Now, let me tell you another reason why this is an important lesson. The only commodity in the kingdom of God is people. It is not your program. It is not your position. It is not what you're teaching. It is not anything else that we do. It is not the church building. The only commodity in the kingdom is people. And people are valued. And we place value on people by what we say to them. So it is an important thing for us to cultivate that. We may not be rewarded here, but God keeps good records. I wonder how much of Paul's ministry reward will be attributed to Barnabas. Because there were those who would have destroyed him. And they called themselves Christians. They didn't understand. They weren't sensitive. They were not observant. They were not specific. They didn't have any of those things. And they would have destroyed him. But Barnabas was the son of encouragement. And he is the one. So we need to invest in people. In case you haven't understood it, everybody, everybody, everybody searches for significance. It's a major book that's been out for many years, The Search for Significance. And it's the study of human nature and how all of us yearn to feel significant in life. And you have the ability to bring that to pass. Just simply by your words. You must know who you're encouraging. You never know, rather, who you are encouraging because you never know who God puts in your path. You never know. I'm going to close by telling you a little story. Um, I've heard my husband tell this many times, but it is so good for what, uh, what we're talking about here. There was a, a man that teaches, that taught at a seminary that was traveling through Tennessee with his family, and they stopped at a restaurant to eat. And while they were uh, eating, there was this kind of this crusty old fellow just kind of table hopping around in there, seemed to know everybody and very friendly and he comes over and speaks to the man, and he says, uh, 
you know, well, what do you do, sir? What brings you through here? Well, he said, I'm on vacation with my family. And he said, I teach uh, at a seminary. Oh, you do? He said, what do you do there? He said, well, I, I try to teach preachers how to preach and all that. Kind of. Oh, he said, a preacher made a big difference in my life one time and just kind of left it at that. And he wandered off to another table. Well, the man watched him, and when he started to pay his bill, he said to the, the proprietor, he said, who was that old fellow that was in here? He said, you don't know who that was? The man said, no, sir, I'm just passing through. I have no idea. He said, it was Ben Hooper. He said, who was Ben Hooper? He said, he was twice governor of the state of Tennessee. But the story that Ben Hooper told is this. He was born to a single mother, unmarried, never knew who his father was, lived under the shadow all his life, a feeling like a misfit, would go to church with his grandmother, but he would always sit at the back and kind of slip out in a hurry because he lived with his head tucked down. It was just his lot in life, and I guess he thought it would be that the way the rest of his life. But one Sunday... The old pastor stopped him, and he said, Ben, I know who your father is. And, of course, the boy's ears perked up, and he was so excited. And he said, really, who who is it? And with a loving gaze, the pastor looked down on him, and he said, Ben, God is your father. And don't you ever let anybody tell you that you don't have a father. God is your father, and there's no better father than that. And Ben Hooper said, from that day forward, my life changed. You never know who you're talking to or what a difference you can make in their life. You may never perform miracles. You may never be gifted with prophecy. You may not sing on some big stage and you may never preach a sermon. But every one of us can exercise the gift of encouragement. And when you do, you are touching what God loves most. People. And you're investing in something with eternal value. Father, let us be conscious of the people around us. There's more to being a Christian, Lord, than just praying. We need to let our good works be known by what we do. We are so thankful that you believed in us. Now let us exercise belief in others and to give them the wonderful gift of encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen.